The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Well, good morning, church. How are we? We good? Uh, Pastor Jimmy from Upper Clander was supposed to be here this morning. He sends his apologies. He is really, really unwell. Um, so I'd love to pray for him this morning, if we can. Uh, and then just pray for God to, to work uh, through the sermon. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are, you are good and you are kind and you are gracious. We thank you, as Shane reminded us earlier, that you are with us and you are for us. Um, and so, God, we pray right now that you would just be with Jimmy, be with the family. Uh, as they are unwell, Lord, we pray that you would give them your grace. Lord, would you heal and restore his body quickly um, so he can get back to, to pastoring and loving and serving the people up there at Calandra. And God, today as we finish off uh, this series... I pray that you would just stir something in our hearts this morning about who you are and what you have done and what you will continue to do. God, help us to see the main thing and to keep the main thing the main thing and to not get distracted by all the other things that happen in this world and all the other things that we have to attend to, Lord. Let us let us attend to the first of priorities and let us not lose sight of who you are and what we have in you, I pray uh, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen." Well, as uh, Shane said, we've been in this uh, passage, like these these three chapters of Matthew, for sixteen weeks. So this is week sixteen, and we've been looking at what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's been looking at the teachings of Jesus as he has gone away uh, up onto a mountainside, and he is he's teaching disciples initially that would want to follow him what it is to be in the kingdom of God. And so his disciples have come and they're listening. And then what most commentators say is this is probably not one just long sermon that he's just been up there for a few hours. Uh, this is just his, all of his teaching as he constantly is teaching over and over and over again, sort of collated into one passage. But what would have most likely happened is disciples are following him, but so too would those who are, who are not yet believers would start to get around and follow Jesus. And so too would eventually the scribes and the Pharisees. And so as Jesus is teaching all of the, the stuff from Matthew 5 to 7, in his mind, he knows his audience. He knows that there are those people who are like listening and they're leaning in and they're like, yes, we're, we're for Jesus. We love Jesus. We want to follow Jesus and we want to learn more. There are those who are not yet sure. They're kind of seeking and exploring because they've got other religious people and now Jesus is saying this stuff and they're like, okay, we're leaning in. And, and as you saw at the end of that passage, they're like, this, this guy teaches in a different way from our scribes and our Pharisees. Uh, and then there are the religious elite people who are, who are sitting there who think they know. And the way Jesus ends this, this sermon really is just summarizing the entire main point of his teaching which is he wants to teach people what it means to be men and women of the kingdom of God. What is it to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And the order of which he goes through this is really, really powerful. So he wants to kind of explain, he wants to remind, he wants to exhort, hey, this, this is what it is to be a Christian. This is what it is to be a follower of Jesus. This is not what it is to be a Christian. And so you would have seen last week, he's kind of making these contrasts. So you've got these two different gates, these two different ways, these two different trees. And then as we read, there are these two different houses built on two different foundations. And Jesus wants to sort of highlight and kind of climactically bring all of his sermon back and going, hey, listen, 
Just get this right. Understand this. And his point is, and then we can finish the sermon real quick, right? But it's, it's like, you can think you're a Christian, look like a Christian, sound like a Christian, and not be a Christian. And so for those of us in the room, that's, that's like, well, how do I tell? How do I know? And for those of us who maybe aren't Christians, this is good to know before you make a step because then you, you don't have to go through what a lot of us sometimes go through is where we, we did a whole lot of things. We thought a whole, and then we had to unlearn and go, ah, oh, that, that's not Christianity. And so what he, what he does throughout this, this series of, of teachings is he constantly is reminding his people that his kingdom is not like the kingdom that they think it is. It is not an outside-in kingdom. It is an inside-out kingdom, and it is an upside-down kingdom. So they're in this world of religious, like everything is religious. All the, everything they've been teaching and been learning from little kids is all religiosity. Right? For us, maybe it's more secularism. We, we live in a culture which isn't Christian. So we, 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 kind of, we have different things that we're dealing with, but at the heart, we cannot miss this. And so he goes through and he shows that this is an inside-out kingdom. And so he starts off with, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so what Jesus shows us here is that the, this particular person or these particular people they have what we would call intellectual assent. Okay? They call Jesus Lord. That word is kyrios. It means you are the master. They're essentially saying, Jesus, we acknowledge you're God. You are the one who has authority. You are the king. You are God. They know this to be true. They proclaim this with their mouths. And yet, here Jesus says to this person, the one who has intellectual assent, um, you know the truth, but you don't know the truth. Because it is one thing to say that Jesus is God. It is another thing for him to be your God. And so this person or these people who were saying, you're our God, you're our God, you're our God, is like, oh, I don't really know that I am. So we said this earlier in the series, it's a quote by Tim Keller, uh, where he talks about, there are some people who see Jesus and God as useful and there are others who see him as beautiful. And there's a stark distinction between those two people and the experience that comes with God, the experience of your relationship with God. So there is this sense that you can have intellectual assent, that it can be all about the head. You know the right words to say. You might even love the, like, the word of God. But do you love the God of the Word? I love the Bible. I love reading it. I love studying it. I love preaching it. Any chance I get, I want to be in it. And I can have all that and miss God. And that's exactly what Jesus says to all the religious people. It's like, you've got the Bible. And the one that the Bible is speaking about is now right in your midst. And you cannot see him. You've missed it. Notice also, they don't just say Lord, but they say Lord, Lord. In Greek sort of language, um, you know, so in my notes here, I've got like some things that are all caps, right? Some things are bolded, some things are underlined. I've got different colors for things, okay? I'm a, 
little on the spectrum with my OCD stuff and I've got my little ways of doing things. In Greek language, when they're writing or when they're saying, they don't have bold, right? So what they do is they repeat language, they repeat words. So you will see Jesus is on the cross. He'll say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David, when his son Absalom dies, it's Absalom, Absalom. This idea that this, this person doesn't just have intellectual assent, but they have spiritual pious, piety. They are passionate. They have enthusiasm for God. Lord, Lord, look at all the things we did in your name. Like, we love God. We love experiencing God. But even a person who feels like they enjoy God can actually miss God. This is... For me, this is kind of like the, the experiential type. Some of, you, some of you here are like, when prayer and worship is like you're there, you're like, yes, I just want to go there. I just want to worship. I just want to sing. And we can have like these awesome experiences with God. And that's still all about us. It's like we want to feel something so that we feel good about our relationship with God. And, and when we have that feeling, we're like, I'm good with God. So you've got the intellectual scent person who goes, I know all the doctrine, I know all the truth, I can repeat and regurgitate all the words. And you've got this other person over here who's like, I have all the feelings, I've got all that. And Jesus says both of them can be very dangerous because they can mask an inner reality that you don't have. And then there's this religious active person, right? What do these people say? Lord, Lord, didn't we do? Like, here's where they're going. Like, here's my list. Here's my resume. Look at all the things I did for you. So they're getting, they're getting to like, you know, the, the pearly gates, as they say. Okay, I, don't know, I don't know why they're called pearly gates. But anyway, it's like they get to the pearly gates. And they're like, surely we're in. Why? Because we did for you. That's what gets us in. And Jesus is like, no, it's not. It's never been what you did for me. That's not what gets you in. It's what I did for you is what gets you in. And so there are these, there are these men, there are these women who will get to the end and they'll be like, man, I've, I've gone to church every week. I served the poor. I did all of these things. And Jesus is like, even doing good things can mask an absence of an inner reality. And all through Jesus' sermon, he's not just been talking about what we need to believe, what we should hope to experience, or what we are to do, but he's been trying to get to the heart. And so in chapter 6, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And we saw throughout this series that he, he points out all the things that religious people do, which are good things, and he tells us to do but their heart is not there with God in their doing. They're just doing. It's like a marriage, right? You can do things for the wrong reasons. And your spouse will pick up that. There can be a sense in like, I know Carly. I know her name. And I go, Carly, Carly, I just love you. And then like, look at, look at the bench, how much I've cleaned it for you. And she can be like, you've never once asked me a question about my day. You haven't asked me about my heart. You haven't pursued me. You're not interested in me at all. You can call me your wife. You can call me this. You can do these things for me. But do you just want to be with me? 
Do you like me? Do you enjoy me? And babe, if you do listen to this, I absolutely do. (laughs) And please notice how clean that bench top is as well. (laughs) So he says to them, the issue here is not what you know, not what you experience, not what you do. The issue is, I do not know you. In other words, we don't have communion. That's what that word know is. All throughout the the Old Testament and New Testament, know is not intellectual information. It's relationship. It's a depth of like you and I, we know each other. Question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you're not a Christian, this is, this is what it is to be a Christian. It's not to do all of these things and then God's like, I'll choose you. It's to realize that he has done all these things and we respond and go, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to trust you. I want to enjoy you. And listen, I, I, can, I can tell you as someone who's been a Christian for a bit over 20 years, there is nothing worse than boring Christianity where there's no life in it. And the thing that brings life in it is that you walk with him. You know him. You enjoy him. And you experience that he is with you. And so these these people are like, hey, we we know who you are. We're, We're having these experiences. And Jesus is like, look, you don't get into my kingdom through intellectual assent. You don't get into my kingdom through spiritual piety or self righteousness. You don't get into my kingdom through doing a whole lot of things. This is a relationship. And you are saying that I'm your master, but I'm not your master. Now, I read that as a pastor and go, if that was them, (laughs) I need to listen to that. Because it's really easy to put together a sermon and not want to think about God. Because it becomes an intellectual assent it becomes just, an, just like, it's just writing a talk, a TED talk, and then just delivering a TED talk. I can sit down and, and pastor you and talk with you through your problems and give you all this wisdom. I can do, I can do things. Some of you are like, oh, maybe, maybe not quite as good as you think. That's okay. We're not talking about scalability here, people. But I can do all of those things and not know the Lord and the Lord not know me. And then I've missed the whole point of all of these things. And there, there, are, there are men and women out there who are doing great things for the Lord. And when you, when you get behind the scenes, rather than just seeing their highlight reel, there is no depth of their relationship with the Lord. And Jesus is like, do not miss this about my kingdom because that is what my kingdom is about. And now he goes on to, okay, now there's two ways to build your life. You have to decide which, which way are you going to build your house. So he moves to this illustration of these two builders and these buildings. And and again, these two buildings look exactly the same. You can't tell from the outside that they're different. The only difference is the foundation upon which they are built. And the the beautiful thing about this is what Jesus is doing is Jesus, if you notice in, in the first part, Jesus talks about doing his will. And he talks about it again doing here. So, so he says, basically, the one who, who hears the words and does them 
is the one who is wise and builds wisely, right? And the one who, who doesn't do that is unwise. So they, notice there's a doing here, right? It's not that we just like it and we don't do anything. It's like, no, there's a doing. But the order is so important because what he's done is he's like, no, no, the doing comes out of the relationship. Because you know me, you walk with me, it does change how you live. It does change how you build your life. Everything in our culture that gets us in is about doing. If you want to get that job, young person, you need to do at school. You need to get these grades so that you can get into that course, so that you can get that GPA, so then you can get that job. It's all doing. Doing is not the problem with God. The heart is the problem with God. Why do you do? So here's a good question. Why are you here today? Because it can be really easy to just be here because that's just what you do. You're a Christian. You get up. It's a little cold. It's a little drizzly. And you're like, we're going to go to church anyway. We're going to get there. And then you go to church. And you can do what we're doing this morning and not meet with God. And you can walk out and nothing changes. And Jesus is like, that's religion. That's why what Jesus is presenting is not religion. Religion has no power, has no substance, has no joy. It's just doing, 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 doing. What Jesus says, no, this is an inside out kingdom. You know me, you meet with me, we have communion. And out of that, you trust me and now start to live. So the issue is that they are, their doing is not out of a love for Jesus. Their doing is in a way so they can come back to Jesus and offer him a resume and say, see what I did for you, now you do for me. The order's messed up. It's no, no, no. Jesus goes, no, no, see what I've done for you. And now out of that, do for me. The religious people come to God, here, here's what I've done. Wrong. This is what I love about Christianity because I get caught up in this all the time and then I, I get reminded of, hang on, hang on, hang on. <sighs> Who is God to you? Who is he? What's he like? And, and what has he done for you? And think about that and contemplate that. You're like, oh, holy mackerel. This God who is like the, the author of all things who created the whole world and is holy and majestic and so otherly comes down to me, little broken, fractured, sinful me, and says, come. Come and know the transcendent. Come and experience me. Come and walk with me. One day, one day I'm going to sit at the same table and eat with God. Right? My kids don't want to even eat with me. Right? You get what I'm saying? Like, pick, pick the person in your mind who's the greatest celebrity in the world, and you, you, you have like that one meal, you get that one chance. They don't want to sit with you in that meal. That's why you're not at that table. Right? There is no president, there's no prime minister, there's no athlete, there's no musician, there's no singer, there's no artist that wants to have a meal with you and me. They're too far above us. But the transcendent one, come and eat. 
And you are going to get to sit at a table and eat a meal with God. Whoa! That should stir your affections and go, that's ridiculous. He is so good, so kind that he would want to come down and be with us, to walk with us, to know us. He's interested in your life. He's interested in in what you do for work. He's interested in your money. He's interested in all sorts of things. And when you meet that God and you experience that God and you keep that central, then you start to do, your doing becomes enjoyable. And you will never come to God and go, look at what I did. You'll walk to the gates and go, thank you for what you did. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you and love you, like to do all these things. Yeah, I mean, they were hard and it was difficult. But man, I got to come and play in, in, in your playground of, of earth and just do stuff for you. That was so cool. And it will have no sense of entitlement of you owe me. It's like, no, no, you gave your life for me. And I get an opportunity just, just to give you like a little bit. And then I give you a little bit and then I screw up again. And you're like, just keep it about me. Just keep it about me. Get, get back on the train. Remember my grace. Remember, don't get distracted. Don't make it all about you. This is why I love Jesus. Because he is so good. And so Jesus is like, that's, that's the foundation on which you build your faith. Keep coming back to that. Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. That's Christianity. And out of that, now you do. Out of that, now you serve. Out of that, now you give. Out of that, now you relate. Out of that, you show hospitality. Out of that, we do all the things that God calls us to do, to love the poor, to sponsor children, all those things. And I guarantee you, that if you keep Jesus at the center, you'll actually enjoy all of those things that you do. So again, Tim Keller says this. He says, here's, what, here's why religion, I love Keller, here's why religion is so stupid. <laughs> religion always starts outside in. Religion says, if I do all these things, then maybe finally that will fill up the emptiness. If I go to church, if I read my Bible, and then like Paul says, if I give everything away to the poor, if I give my body to be burned, that doesn't have no profit to you. What, what, what are you doing? A Christian is someone who has something inside and it's the inside that affects the outside. It's the inside fullness, not an inside absence. That is the reason why you step out. The religious person is doing all this stuff, trying to keep it up, working the outside in, in response to inner emptiness. But a Christian is someone who's doing what he or she is doing out of an inner fullness. Have you been a Christian for a while and you get a little bit weary of doing for the Lord? The problem is not the doing. The problem is the being with God and knowing him and walking with him because that fuels you for your life. I know pastors, I meet with them and preaching every week, it's, it's tiresome, it's weary, it's hard work. And as you get under the surface, you're like, oh, you don't actually spend any time with God to just be with God. So you don't know him. Preach great sermons, amazing. Have great churches, amazing. Then you get to the end and Jesus is going to be like, we didn't have a relationship, bro. You didn't know me. You didn't build your house upon this. You built your house on just doing stuff for me. Is that scary? That's a little scary for me as a, as a Christian pastor. There's this great um, scene, I don't know whether we can put it on social media, 
but there's this uh, great preacher by the name of Alistair Begg. I encourage you to listen to me. There's this little clip where he's thinking through the lens of being that criminal who was on the cross. So if you remember the story, Jesus is in the middle. He's got two criminals on either side, and they're all being kind of taken up to, to the same execution, right? And at the beginning, both, both criminals are like pointing at Jesus, accusing Jesus, spitting on Jesus, like they're contributing to everybody else around Jesus. But something changes in one of the criminals on that cross who eventually, in, in the way that Alistair Begg goes, like think about it, like he, he, gets, he gets on the cross and then eventually asks Jesus, uh, can I be in eternity with you? Will you remember me? Jesus like, I'll remember you. And then he gets to the pearly gates, right? So he kind of creates a scenario. He gets to the pearly gates and they're like, cool. Um, who are you? Why are you here? And they start talking, all right, so, so tell us about, you know, the doctrine of like justification and sanctification and glorification. And he's like, huh? Okay, okay, so tell us about like atonement and what Jesus has done on the cross for your sins and how like he's, he's dead and buried and raised and you kind of, you, you, know you know all the doctrine stuff, right? What's his name? Like, Kyrios, Lord, okay, what does that mean to you? And he's like, What? Okay, well, what Bible studies did you go to? What's the Bible? Okay, who are we dealing with here? Like, okay, you, you don't know, even know what the Bible is? I don't know what the Bible is. What's the Bible? Okay, so you haven't sat in a gospel partnership class. Gospel partnership class. Okay, we've got a deadbeat. Right? And they're going through all of these things with this guy and just going, okay, so you don't know this, you don't know that. Okay, so who, who, what, who are the poor that you fed? I fed the poor. I stole from them. <laughs> Made lots of money off them. That was good. Okay. So you haven't served anyone. You haven't loved anyone. You haven't done any of these things. No. Prayer and worship nights at LCC? No? Nah, I didn't go. Nah, couldn't be bothered. I don't really like worship. That stuff gets a bit boring. It's a little bit emotional. I'm not a really emotional type. Uh, okay, good. And so eventually they're like, well, how the heck are you here? And all he does is go, the man on the middle cross said I could come. I'm here. That's the simple gospel that Jesus does for us, invites us in and says, come. And it is only those who recognize their need for him that come. If that criminal had 40 years on earth, he would have started doing some of those things. He didn't get time to. But this is Jesus' point. Don't, don't miss the main thing. Don't miss it. Because what we end up doing is we do all the things and then we miss the very thing that got us in in the first place of which we were supposed to build our house on, which is God loves me. God died for me. He did it for me. I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I don't have anything to offer him. Yet he still loves me. And by his grace, he has chosen to save me. And I was able freely to receive that. And now in light of that, I want to keep that at the center of my heart because that's what makes me love Jesus. That's what makes me enjoy Jesus. That's what makes this thing fun and beautiful. And I never get tired of it. I never weary of it. We're going to keep on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. Not so that we can do great things for God, but because God has done great things for us. And that has changed our lives. And now in light of that, oh, let's go and do. Let's go have some fun with Jesus. Let's go do some things with Jesus. Let's see what Jesus does. Let's baptize Josiah. Let's baptize more people. Let's see more people come to faith and know this type of God. Amen? And then the people at the end are like, well, this guy's teaching is a little bit different than everything else we've heard. 
And what you see in the life of Jesus is more and more people start to follow him and not religion. And so the prostitutes, the tax collectors, all sorts of broken people start going, that's good news. Religion, not good news. And so church, at the end of this, all Jesus wants to say is, do you know me? And do I know you? Do you have a relationship with me that is vibrant? And if you don't, get back to the gospel. Get back to the truth. Get back to what the thing is. It's knowing Jesus, being known by Jesus, and loving, enjoying, and serving him. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. God, it is so easy uh, for us to just be busy in this world. There are studies to do, jobs to do, relationships to build, families to, to raise and mortgages to pay off and renovations. God, there, there are so many things that buy for our time and our energy. And then on top of that, there's church and there's serving and there's life groups and there's all of these religious things as well on top of all the other cultural busy things and God in the midst of all that it is so easy so easy for us to just allow our hearts to drift away from you to forget who you are what you have said that you have done and what you will do and to, to continue to trust and, and come back to, to just that simple thing of just walking with you and knowing you and experiencing you and enjoying you and serving you and loving you. God, and as we get that right, then may we continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding and intellectual uh, information about you. May we, may we read the scriptures and learn who you really are. May we grow in our spiritual fervor and desire and passion for you. That we would enjoy singing your name. That we would enjoy prayer. God, that we would be active in serving you in this world. But all from a place of knowing and experiencing your grace. So Father, I pray for us that are Christians in this room, that you would help us to not forget that. And for those of us who may not be Christians, that you would maybe help us to come to know you as a good God, a gracious God, abounding in steadfast love. And that we would trust you, that you've, you've proven yourself at the cross, that you love us, that you want to be our God and for us to be your people all the ideas of you that we have received over the years may we read this for ourselves and, and know who you are God for anyone today that might be weary that might feel lost that might feel hurt that might feel worn down broken would you meet, meet us again today Remind us who you are and help restore our souls in a way which loves you, God, and enjoys you. And I pray this in your son's wonderful name. Everybody said. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Center Church located in North Lakes. 
We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.